It's time for your Wednesday Exchange with Teresa Tulipana and Brett Kaufman, where we discuss upcoming trends in leadership and education. Happy Wednesday Exchange, Brett. Hey, Teresa. How are you this morning? I am great. How are you? I am chipper. How's that? Chipper? Chipper. Chipper's a good thing. Yeah, sure. It's great. It's great to be chipper. Hey, uh, what what we got to talk about this morning? Okay, so I have not been on social media that much. Good for but you. The other, yeah, I know. But, you know, I had a moment of weakness yesterday and was scrolling and I saw something that um, an educator posted. And it's an article about Missouri's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education creating a new assessment to see how um, student learning was impacted by COVID-19. Can I read you what she wrote before the article? Sure. And I'm just gonna protect and not say her name, but she put, using $10 million to design an assessment to tell us how far kids have fallen behind due to COVID-19 seems like a misuse of money to me. Every fall educators across Missouri parentheses, the whole country really, close parentheses, use an assortment of tools at their disposal to assess individual needs of students they are entrusted with. Why would those tools now suddenly not be good enough if not to be used to compare schools and districts, which Desi claims it's not the purpose of the $10 million test? I'm sure this $10 million could be used in a way that would truly help lift students who have fallen behind due to school closures. Standardized testing is not the solution to problems in education. However, it is a great moneymaker for big educational companies who design these tests. Well, she's got so many, so many things wrong in that statement. Okay. Let's go for it. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) That's that. uh, No. She might be spot on. Well, she's uh, she's thinking you know, out loud as a teacher. Okay, so so I I don't I I'm gonna pretend like I am gonna defend this. Okay, the ten million dollar test. So just yeah. as background for our listeners who don't have the article, um, Desi received $55 million, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education received $55 million from CARES Act funds. And of that 55 million, they are designating 10 million to purchase a tool that's designed to gauge the level of learning that was lost in the spring due to COVID. So just that's the background. And and I, and the way I read it, they aren't going to purchase one that's already available. Like, you know, right. I, I don't even need to name all the testing companies yeah. that are out there that can do this. They are looking to create one. Is, that's how that, I, that's how I understand yeah. it as well. Okay. Yeah. Probably with the support of a test creation company, I would assume. Right. All right. And so, and so with that, it was, all right. 
So step by step, let's look at this. And and the first part is that it's 55 million in CARES Act money. And one of the big one of the big things that's happening in Missouri right now is that they are cutting funding to schools due to a lack of taxes because of the COVID outbreak. Correct. So so I, I one of the concerns is rather than siphon that money, that $55 million into a pot that's already uh, got a hole in it and is not mm-hmm. filling up, they're going to use 10 million of it to uh, create a new assessment. Okay. So one of the things I've got on assessments that are worrisome to me is once you take, once, once I've seen this time and time again in school districts that once they decide, well, we, we've got to measure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting part, Teresa, because now we have a real problem with our scientific, um, uh, you know, that just being scientific about, about, and, and our scientific method mm-hmm. in checking on our students, right? Because scientific method, along with, with the COVID, tells us first you test, right? Then right. you trace, then you trace, and then you treat, right? Right. It's no different in education, okay? What mm-hmm. they're saying is, what they're saying is, hey, we've got to test these kids to figure out where they are and what, what they didn't get. We've got to then trace to the root of it with every single individual kid, and then we've got to treat it. So what they're doing, what Missouri is doing with that $10 million in testing fits into the mold of what they should be doing with COVID, right? True. The problem problem is they aren't doing it with COVID. True. So, but, but, so we'll use scientific method here because we can get $10 million to some some people who might have whatever okay we'll get we'll do this this way but on this side with covid we aren't going to do it uh okay so there's just a thousand things to talk about with this yeah okay well and uh, go ahead please no, no, I, I want to hear what, at that point, I want to kind of rest my voice for a minute. <laughs> well, yeah. well, just thinking about COVID and education and this test. Okay, so we want the test to see what learning, how learning was impacted. Okay, will they really be able to get this test up and going for August I mean, we, if we're going to go back to school in August and we want to assess the learning lost or gained in the spring, that assessment needs to be ready to go the first day of school in August. So I'm Correct. skeptical about the ability to get that done. And then I'm skeptical about, are we going to be comparing apples and oranges? Because who knows what August, whatever date is going to look like? like is it going to be in person? Is it going to be a hybrid model? Is it going to be remote? And then will we have another shutdown down the road? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical about the ability to put together a test that's valid and reliable by August. Okay. So I, I agree with you. And here's what, here's what our listeners need to understand. This would be a diagnostic test. This would, this would, All right. This would be something to tell us if there was a COVID slide. We are going to give it at the end of a summer slide. 
how are <laughs> yes. we going how are we going to be able to differentiate what was summer slide and what was covid slide yep right so, uh, so and and we since we have no other diagnostic tests that we've ever done prior to august all right prior to this we have nothing to compare it to except map and eoc scores right okay we didn't and, do the map this year and we, we did didn't. we didn't we didn't take the map and we didn't take eocs so we're going to be comparing them to data that's two years old right okay and so uh, so again you can see a million problems with the way they're they're getting ready to do this but i'll tell you the one thing that i think is going to become the biggest problem with this okay, okay. i'll predict i'm going to predict what they're going to want to do with this then <laughs> okay so what, where this usually goes is that they will take this diagnostic test and they will set a baseline and then they will look for formative tests, okay, which they'll mm -hmm. call them formative, but they won't be formative. There'll be more of these same diagnostic tests that, that just move mm -hmm. the baseline month to month to month to month all throughout the school year until the end of the school year where the kids will take math. Now I want to under I want I want listeners to understand this and teachers very much understand this. When you have 174 days uh, in a classroom with kids and in and in secondary schools you have 174 hours with kids. Okay? Right. Elementary 174 days. Right. Secondary 174 hours. If you go and you give one test a month and then the map and the EOC you are missing about 14 of those 174 hours or days testing. Yeah. Okay. And so there will be, I, I would like, I would like for someone to do a study on the testing slide mm. that the more you test these kids, the less knowledge they get because there's less time in the classroom. Right. Okay. And so one of the things that I'm looking at is, is, my, 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 my uncle Dick is the greatest uh, guy in the world. And one of the things that he used to always tell me, and I know you've heard this story, but I'm going to put it out there again. Okay. And that is, he was a rancher out in, in Kansas and his wife, Carolyn was a, um, is a teacher out there. And when I told him about some of the testing and, and how they were doing things in schools with the map test, EOCs and stuff like that, he turned to me, he looked at me and he said, you know, Brett, when I have cattle and I take them to market, and they come in underweight. I don't weigh them more. I mm -hmm. feed them more. Yep. I feed them more, right? And so that's, that's if we really want to deal with the COVID slide and the, and the summer slide, these kids need to be in classrooms. They don't need to be testing. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with one test a year. Uh, I don't disagree with that. But what right. is happening is, when, when that one test is so high stakes that's, that, that uh, school districts are becoming, you know, being told, well, you guys don't, are going to you lose your, your uh, accreditation because these mm -hmm. tests, you know, because of these test scores, then one of the things that happens is those schools start measuring and measuring and measuring and measuring over and over and over. Right. And then they, they have a testing slide rather mm -hmm. than, you know, on top of everything else. Right. So let's think back to, um, because I agree 100%, there are slides, right? We know this. Educators know there are slides even over, you know, a spring break, a week of spring break. 
We have to refresh kids' memories. And part of that, this is a topic for another day. Part of that is because we don't teach for mastery and memory. We, We surface things, but that's a different topic. So we know there's a slide. So why do we need a test to tell us there's a slide? If you were given that $10 million that they're using to tell us something we already know, what would you do with that $10 million? I know what I would do, but what would you do? I'd keep it. <laughs> okay. You have to use it for education. Oh, oh well, I mean, <laughs> I'm I sorry. Just... Cares Act. <laughs> I would want to keep it too, but we have to use it. How would you spend it if you were Desi? Well, uh, kind of the way I, the way I read the rules going into, uh, okay. So the other piece of this, Teresa, is Desi has put out on their website, like the, um, how schools, how schools should, should determine the process of how they should determine on whether or not they're going to reopen. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's a, it's very, it's a very simple, uh, graph. It's mm-hmm. got three columns to it. The first mm-hmm. is, should you even consider it? Second, mm-hmm. um, are recommended health and safety actions in place? And third, is there ongoing monitoring in place? Okay. And mm-hmm. if you can say yes to all three of those columns, then you can open, but you have mm-hmm. to keep monitoring, right? Well, I right. would take that $10 million. And I know school districts that have spent, I, I know of one school district in particular that just set aside $100,000 in the school district just for sanitation and PPE. Mm. So now think about that. That's one out of 537 school yeah. districts in this, in the, in the state. Mm. Right. So perhaps that $10 million would go towards. Uh, the monitoring the, protective. Yeah, yeah. The costs that schools are going to have to take the cost that they did not have in a budget. Right. That they're going to have to take to protect kids if we're going to open schools according to the way Desi says it. But according to the way Desi says it, I don't open school. But Teresa, this is the thing we have, we have summer school going on right now. Yeah, I know. In-person summer school. That's right. And, and according to what I see from, from Desi and the CDC on their, on their website, I can't, <laughs> I can't even believe that we have schools open right now, especially with the number of cases going up. And, you know, the problem is there's so many conflicting bits of information. So like the uh, American Pediatric Association put out some information that uh, honestly said we should be ready to open. Um, But we have to think about the whole picture. We're thinking about not just kids, but also the adults. Um, I will say, I know in a, district in in our area that has in school summer school they've been in session three days they have a positive test a a kid has Mm -hmm. tested positive so now every student and the teacher in that class are not able to come to summer school for two weeks uh because they've had and and since (laughs) and since summer school like okay and what what again teachers and listeners need to know is so they are, it's measured by seat hours, 120 hours. Okay. You have to have 120 hours in summer school. And so if you get rid of two weeks, essentially what happens is those students and anybody else can't come back because they can't accomplish the, the seat hours. The school district yeah. 
they might let them come back, but they aren't going to receive. And this is this is why people are coming back with face to face summer school. Yeah, they receive funding based on the number of kids in the seats. Yeah, the schools do. And so, they, all right. You so know, you're going to spend ten million dollars on what we didn't budget for to at least fit Desi's. Here's how we open. That's what you're going. That's what you would do rather than testing. If, right. if you can, uh, yeah, if you can, yeah. well, rather than testing, we could do a thousand things rather than do, develop a yeah. test, but yeah. Because I'm thinking if we know there's a slide, why are we creating a test? Like if you want to ask me like what I would do, like why can't, why don't we use the funds to increase our ability to lift kids? Just like the person who posted said, I think she even used the word lift to lift kids who have had a slide to more individualize and personalize their educational experience to monitor their growth, uh, not through testing, but through other means. I mean, testing's one means. Um, it seems like we're missing the boat. That's all I'm going to say. Well, and, and since we, slide. Yeah. Since we can acknowledge that we had a slide, all kids will have been affected by this slide. Okay. So, yeah. you know, when she says we can, we want to lift, kids this isn't like an IEP this isn't going to certain kids this is all, all kids. the kids have all the kids have had this slide right yeah. and the, and the thing is if we would teach towards mastery okay yeah teach towards teach you know change our stand, our our curriculum and our standards a little bit right so that they made a little bit more sense and hey you know what there's 10 million right there yeah why don't you take 10 million to kind of ha- uh, to rethink the standards so that they're more accessible to being uh, to being mastered yeah. rather than, you know, so I, I, I love the way we used to do it when we used to have our, our content and our process standards and they, they fit on one sheet mm-hmm. that you could, that each, every teacher could put on their desk and know what they were teaching for every day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love to know if our listeners how they how they feel that 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 ten thousand ten million extra dollars would best benefit our schools. Um, I think you and I might be in agreement that a test to tell us what we already know is not ideal. And then, what do we do when we find out that some kids actually excelled during COVID? <laughs> I mean, let's face some reality there too. If that could happen. But I would love to know what our listeners think. Me too. Yeah. Um, so our listeners can can uh, email us. We're both with, uh, or they can or they can direct message us off of Twitter. And Absolutely. So I'll, I'll have our Twitter. I'll have our Twitter handles out there so that people can uh, direct message us if they've got some yeah. comments to this. Absolutely. Hey, and Brett, before we go, I do want our listeners also to know that on um, Empower Ed, I-M-P-O-W-E-R, capital E-D, which is another site that you um, support, there are some great conversations out there about um, race and equity and diversity and how we um, have conversations around those issues. And so, I would just also encourage our listeners to go there and to follow those podcasts because they're really impactful as well. So good job on those. Oh, thanks. 
Well, I, and I'm going to leave you with a couple of things because I, I thought these were interesting. When you sent, you sent a, you know, your mm-hmm. articles to me. One is that Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and you might, why don't you talk about Hawaii and I'll talk about the next one too. Oh, well, no, I just sent in our listeners. I sent an article to Brett earlier this morning about Hawaii um, in April when COVID first start, put their plan together for reopening and in a nutshell, and maybe we can talk more about it next week. Uh, one of their barometers is four weeks of no new cases. When they have four weeks with no new cases, schools will be ready to open because they're so committed to, to addressing community spread. So. Yeah, and they, they've yeah. got a little bit easier since they're an Island. It might be, but they also are, um, you know, tourism is big in their economic profile. And so, you know, they also need to mitigate it and figure out how, how to have a a robust tourism. So, yeah. And the other one that I saw, and I don't know if you've seen this, I was going to send it to you is Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, Canacook, which is, a um, Mm -hmm. a, really really popular uh date you know uh or camp for kids down in near the branson area mm-hmm. canacook at one of their camps that houses kids overnight uh like on two week and four week stints so this wasn't all their camps this was just because they got eight camps and one of their camps where the kids stayed there long term with each other mm-hmm. they had an outbreak there of 82 kids uh so yeah when we when we think about going back to school folks you know that's that's the that's yeah. the part we have to really worry about yeah and uh, not we could we should probably c- carry some of this over to next week but i will just say that i do hear people say but kids are not impacted as severely whether or not that's true i don't want to debate but what i do want to say is kids are around adults and we yeah, do yes. that there are adults with either whatever the situation is that are impacted. And granted, we have to think about our kids. I get it. But we have a responsibility to think about everyone. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll talk about uh, this. sounds like a great topic for next week. So let's commit to that. And next week we'll talk about uh, reopening. Some of the impact, and- yeah. Some of the impact reopening could have. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thanks, Teresa. Hey, thank you. You have a great day, okay? Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been the Wednesday Exchange with Teresa Tulipana and Brett Kaufman. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Wednesday.